Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You know, d- Dad would tell me, say, I don't have a fake bone in my body. And, and that's who he was. He, he was true. And, and I think that's what spoke through his piano. That was the genuineness, that his, his persona, that, that was who he was on and off the stage. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. It is not often that Chicago loses a national treasure and a living legend in the world of music. But that's what happened this week when we lost world-renowned jazz legend Ramsey Lewis. Ramsey Lewis died this week at the age of 87. With me today are two people who knew him very well and adored him, as I did. The Reverend Bobby Lewis, Ramsey's son, and Wells Kaufman, former president and CEO of the Ravinia Festival in Highland Park, a jazz and classical pianist himself. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us, friend. Thank you, friend. If ever there was a life well-lived, a life to be celebrated, it is the life of Ramsey Lewis. Three Grammy Awards, 80 albums, 80 albums, five of them gold a national endowment for arts jazz master, an entire generation or two or three of jazz students and musicians that he mentored and trained. I'll ask you both, what made Ramsey Lewis so special and so enduring? Bobby, why don't you start? (laughs) You know, friend, um, as I got to know my father um, in my later years, as I became a man, um, beyond the piano, I began to understand the the gift that God gave him, and he understood the importance of using that gift to uh, communicate uh, to others. Um, and and because of his sacrifice uh, in practicing and 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 coveting that gift in music, we were able to benefit from it. But Um, you had to share him with the world too. And that must've been tough sometimes. Well, you only know what you know, friend. And I tell you, my dad was a father all the, all the time. You know, you, you only know it's quality and not quantity. And every moment I spent with my father was quality. quality. Was it hard being his son? It was wonderful being his son. But he was such a he was he was so great at what he did that you could maybe only pale by comparison. Did you ever feel that way? Never, never, ever. Because what my father always instilled in us was to identify your gift. It's not to copy him, 
but to be our own person, to, to understand the gift that God has given us. God has given us all our own special gifts. Our challenge is not to be distracted by others' gifts and think that their gifts are ours, but know what our gift is. And my dad spent a lot of time with us to understand what that is. Yeah. And yours, you turned out to be, what did you identify? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor. Um, I'm a musician. Um, I have owned businesses. Um, but I understand that through that, I... It, it, it is connection with people. I'm not identified but what I, by what I do, but I'm identified by how I connect to people through what I do. So what a gift he gave you in that way to show you and to lead you to find your own talent, your own journey, your own path that you and did. Exactly, friend. That, that's the gift. That's the gift. Not to identify Ramsey Lewis, the legend, and that's what I'm saying, the father, the friend. When you look at all of the messagings that's coming in through social media, um, and, and even I'm sure Wells will, will, will attribute to this, that people are saying that it's the person. You know, once you, once you meet dad and you realize how down to earth he is, he wants to know you and he's guiding you on your path to who God created you to be. Um, and you, you soon realize that you've got a friend. You soon realize that you've got a mentor. Wells Kaufman, Ramsey Lewis had such a special relationship with Ravinia. What made him so special? You know, it's it's everything that Bobby has just shared. And um, Bobby, I, I, I haven't actually... <laughs> I, I haven't actually cried yet, but now I am. And it feels really good. So thank you for uh, unleashing that. Um, so many pieces of Ramsey's relationship with Ravinia and Ravinia's fortunate connection with him. And of course, the playing is at the top of the list. I mean, I was thinking about um, amazing performances with Oscar Peterson and with Dave Brubeck on, on his own with his band. Um, the commissioning we did when he and I had conversations about how he wanted to compose and wrote a piece for our Abraham Lincoln Bicentennial celebration. Um, I had no idea if he wanted to compose or not, but he was really open to all of that. And that was an amazing piece, the piece he wrote for the Joffrey Ballet to know her, which is about Jan, um, his wife. And of course, the piano concerto, which has its own story that's gigantic. But if I could focus on one piece of the Ravinia part that may not be as visible to folks, and that is he created perhaps the most important part of Ravinia's educational programs. And there are wonderful educational programs, but the Jazz Mentor Jazz Protégé program, which is a citywide Chicagoland program to identify the very best young up and coming jazz performers and give them tutelage from the best working musicians in Chicago. Um, Ramsey really wanted this to happen, but unlike a lot of great legendary performers who create such programs in their name, and, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that at all. It's, it's an important thing to have happen. He always stuck with it. He always made appearances. He always would show up unannounced at rehearsals. And, you know, he would show up unannounced at a, a board meeting because he was on the board at Ravinia. And I would get nervous because it's Ramsey Lewis. You know? <laughs> and, but here are these 15-year-old kids. They were never nervous. They trusted him. They felt honored by his presence and what he could bring them. 
But that personality, that kindness, that generosity of spirit, um, you know, the, the music business is a tough one, right, Bobby? It's a tough one. And he navigated it beautifully and with grace um, and with humor um, and, and just, you know, one can't ever get away from the exquisitely beautiful and technically brilliant playing. Um, you know, that that's you could begin any one of these places with the Ramsey Lewis story, um, the composition side, the teaching part. I remember at a board meeting and we were talking about how to get more people who like jazz and may or may not be of color to come to Ravinia. And he said, well, what are you doing to do outreach into the barbershops? And we yeah. all went, what? <laughs> and, you know, we didn't say it because we didn't want to be embarrassed. We just looked at him and he said, come on. Yeah. What do you think the town square is? Right. I just sounded meaner than he did. He never sounded mean, right? Um, But it was, it's that kind of thing that I, if I were to put together a kind of time capsule moment, we did some time capsules at Ravinia and buried them. We did one for our centennial. Um, And and I I think that, you know, with people like Ramsey, with people like Tony Bennett, with people like, um, you know, Christoph Eschenbach and and all the amazing people that have graced not only the stages, but the audiences and the lawn and the trees and the cicadas and everything that is Ravinia. um, uh, He's at the top of the list. Ramsey Lewis was a child prodigy, if ever there was one. He took piano lessons at the age of four. He began studying Dorothy Mendelssohn, whom he credited with teaching him, as he put it, to listen with my inner ear. He studied classical music at an early age. He loved classical music. So did his parents. They loved Chopin and Beethoven. How did that and gospel music that he heard and sang at the church where his dad worked as a pastor, influence him, Bobby? Um, well, I, you know, I have to tell the story that it, it, he wasn't uh, he, he wasn't the first choice to play the piano uh, in his family. My my aunt Lucille was the hmm. one who took piano uh, lessons first. And dad just wanted to do what his big sister was doing. Um, <laughs> And 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 the teacher. How fortunate that, for us! <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And 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 if she was still alive, she would say it's because of me because dad, uh, grand grand granddad couldn't afford uh, both lessons. Um, he was a janitor, um, and my grandmother was a maid. Um, and so uh, once the teacher saw that dad had talent. Um, more what she felt was greater than Lucille, then they decided to invest that quarter, I believe, a week um, on dad. Um, Wow. So was Lucille angry? No, she wasn't because, again, this this goes down through the lineage. My grandfather was the one who started talking about what your talent is, you know, cultivate your talent. And so the pastor side of me was my my aunt was a pastor. She was one of the first um, women uh, pastors in the AME church um, and started a church uh, over uh, 50 years ago this year. Um, and so um, that's where her voice was. Um, but the family was always rooted in church and my 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 um, grandfather would make my father play for the church, for the choir. He was the pianist. Um, Where the bridge came into jazz was 
they wanted dad, uh, my grandfather wanted dad to be a classical pianist. Dad wanted to be a classical pianist. Um, and there was a crossroads at the time. Um, there were no African-American uh, pianists, classical pianists. And Dorothy Mendelssohn was the one who said, you know, um, there, there was an opportunity for dad to play jazz. Um, I think the um, the um, artist's name was uh, Willis Burton. I, I hope I'm not getting that wrong. Um, he wanted dad to come play with him at 15 years old in, 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 a, in a jazz setting. And Dorothy Mendelssohn was the one to tell my grandfather it was OK, because that's probably the better route to go, uh, because it would be hard for dad to break through in classical. Wow. Uh, the, His the, first the, group was called the Clefs. He joined that group as a freshman at Wells High School. Three of the Clefs, Ramsey Lewis, Red Holt and L.D. Young became the Ramsey Lewis Trio. What do you both remember about that original trio and what made it so great? Wells? Um, boy, where does one begin? Uh, the, the thing about Ramsey was unlike a lot of his compatriot, great jazz pianists, great jazz artists, great musical artists, he was always somebody who wanted to collaborate with others and play with others as an equal, not as the superior. Um, and the, the magic, the alchemy of that is pretty rare. And I think it, 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 the dividends that it pays are just way beyond the pale. I mean, we think about, about Brubeck and, and, you know, all of those great collaborations. We think about Marion McPartland. We think about Oscar, right? Herbie, other people. But especially Oscar and Dave and, and Marion. You know, there was a concert at Ravinia where all three of them joined Ramsey for a concert that will never, a legendary concert um, that they all did solo sets and then played together. Um, and if I could hearken back to that classical piece that Bobby, the history of that, um, I went into the dressing room, uh, Ramsey's dressing room, Bobby, I, I think you were there, you may remember this. And the four of them, Oscar Peterson, Mary McParland, Dave Brubeck and Ramsey Lewis are talking about Debussy and the influence <laughs> of Debussy on their playing and their touch and their style, and they're talking about Afternoon of a Fawn, and they're talking about the piano preludes, and they're talking about harmony. And I, I, I sort of stumbled into the room, as I often do. Um, uh, sadly, just a little awkward guy, me. Um, and I kind of tiptoed out because I thought, I want, I want to be a fly on the wall and hear this. But they're having a very personal conversation about things. That's not exactly, Fran, your question about the trio. I guess what I'm talking about is, is the sense of equality and that everybody's opinion matters and that, that you can always learn something new and get something new. And the four of them in a conversation about Debussy, I mean, I would, that, that was a podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I they mean, produced the in crowd in 65, yeah. the breakthrough hit that soared to the top of the charts along with hang on Sloopy and wait in the water. Bobby, how the heck did that happen? That crossover <laughs> appeal it's so unusual. Yes. So the the in crowd, I know um, I was talking to dad about that a couple of weeks ago.
was looking, he, he and, and the trio were in uh, DC and they were looking for an album filler. They had all the other songs chosen and they were at a diner and they were looking for that last song. And um, the waitress came up to them and said, you know, you should listen to the song, uh, The In Crowd. And they were like, they listened to it and they were like, okay, we'll put it on there. And they, they added it to the set. It was a live performance and it became the hit. Um, and like so many times, it, you know, it, 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 it's never the one that you think that it's going to be. Um, but for, for that particular song, that's how it, it ended up on the album. Well, as you were the driving force behind convincing Ramsey, as you mentioned before, to compose an orchestral reflection on the life of Abe Lincoln. What was his reaction when you approached him about that? Was he shocked? Did he resist? Did he say, why me? I was sitting with him and Jan at lunch at a restaurant in Chicago. Actually, beautifully, a beautiful initials, Bobby, you know this. It's a RL, right? So Ramsey Lewis, Ralph Lauren. Um, <laughs> and, and we were in a corner booth. And he he never held court, but he always held court, right? I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And so we were in there and, and, and people would come up and they'd say hello to Jan. They'd say hello to Ramsey and they go, who's this guy? And it's like, oh, I'm just here with them, you know? Anyway, I proposed, I, I suggested that maybe... In, in our celebration of Abraham Lincoln, which involved a lot of commissions and a lot of projects and a lot of cool things, right? Would he consider writing something? And he went completely silent. And he was always a soft-spoken guy, right? Great laugh, great smile, but soft-spoken. And I thought, oh man, I have really messed this up. Really, really messed this up. And, and I thought, <laughs> I just pay that. How do I go to the front, pay the check and leave and sort of slink out? And he looks at Jan. And she smiles. And I thought, well, that's a good sign. And then he looks back into me. He goes, I really want to be writing more. I would love to write something like that. Wow. And, and we talked for the next hour and a half about my feeling that Ravinia had an opportunity to celebrate this bicentennial of, yes, somebody born in Kentucky, but a, but an Illinois guy, right? Abraham Lincoln, who didn't have a lot of musical connections, but did have very powerful ones that we wanted to explore, but mostly the, the who he who he was and what what Abraham Lincoln meant. Um, and it ended up going to the Kennedy Center. Um, it was a big project for him. And then the Joffrey piece happened after that. And then, of course, the piano concerto um, later on. And Fran, I don't want to get ahead of you and your list of questions, but uh, do you want me to speak a little bit about the, the, that other composition? Uh, sure. Briefly. Go ahead. OK, sure. So um, Ramsey's 80th birthday was coming up and I said, would you like to write a piano concerto? And he said, yeah, I, you know, I've always wanted to do that. Who would I be writing it for? And I said, well, you goofball, you, you, you to play. He said, <laughs> I've never played with the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Mm. He said, when I was a little kid, I was told I would never play with the Chicago yeah. Symphony, that I should never, ever go after any sort of even music making, much less a career in classical music. Right. And at the time, just getting into Orchestra Hall was going to be tricky, right? I'm, I'm, I'm being euphemistic. You know what I mean? So that was that actually took a longer convincing um, because I think of the uh, Bobby help me on this, but I think he felt intimidated a little bit about the awesomeness of the Chicago symphony. And would he be up to um, doing something? Well, the did he Bobby, that, that did was, he feel that was, intimidated? Well, that, that was the dream Wells. And, and, and I think that you opening up 
that opportunity was just like um, that was his childhood dream that you presented him with. That's what I was telling you about when he was a kid. And and um, they they told him that you you'll never be a classical pianist. You'll never be successful at that. So you fulfilled a dream for him. Um, After the breakup of the Ramsey Lewis trio, Bobby, your father joined forces with Cleveland Eaton and Maurice White. And that name is familiar to a lot of people. Earth, wind and fire. How did Mm -hmm. that happen? Um, So I believe that. um, Well, I know that Maurice White was playing. He was a, a staff writer and a staff drummer at uh, Chess Records, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, and dad would always go in and they would hang out and talk. Um, and when there was an opportunity to uh, hire a, a new drummer, um, he, he went to Maurice White right away. Um, and their friendship was an incredible one. Um, I remember Maurice White just at the house all the time, whenever they, Earth, Wind & Fire would come in, they would stop by the house and it was, yeah. uh, it was it was wonderful, you know, just mom would, uh, you know, make some food and hang out in the living room playing music. They, they, they had a wonderful friendship, he and Maurice. And Maurice, in his memoir in 2016, wrote, Ramsey willingly answered my questions. He was always interested in expressing the way black folks should carry themselves. He believed in speaking intelligently, being dignified, respectful, yet strong. He didn't just talk the talk, he said. He walked the walk. Bobby, what about that? He did. Um, I was... um, you know, d- dad would tell me, <laughs> say, I don't have a fake bone in my body. Um, and, and that's who he was. He, he was true. And, and I think that's what spoke through his piano. That was the genuineness um, that his, his persona, that that was who he was on and off the stage. Um, it, he, he was just a beautiful person. Um, and I think that's why Maurice White was much the same. Um, they were just true. Uh, they were music lovers. They were people lovers. Um, and they understood the power of music um, and, and, and the responsibility um, that they had uh, on this earth. Wells, when the Sun-Times asked Ramsey Lewis in 2018 about his musical influences, he talked about jazz pianist Art Tatum, but he said he can't play like Tatum. Nobody can He talked about being impressed with Oscar Peterson and Duke Ellington and Count Basie and Errol Garner and Vladimir Horowitz and Rudolf Serkin. Did he ever discuss those influences with either of you? Uh, Wells first. He he absolutely did. And if I could do a little anecdote that connects beautifully to that question, and then I'll let Bobby have the stage. But um, uh, the last time Van Cliburn, the great American pianist, played at Ravinia was a gala um, he played the Greek concerto with James Conlon conducting with the Chicago Symphony. And the Obamas came. Uh, he was a senator or a state senator at the time. Uh, Barack, I say Barack because I went to college with him in a couple of years in L.A. Uh, you know, we're not tight friends. But anyway, so the Obamas came and you may know they love classical music. They love piano and they really wanted to hear Van Cliburn. And they went backstage. They got in line like everybody else to get an autograph. They brought some LPs. Um, and they got up to Van Cliburn and he was incredible, Van, incredibly gracious, wonderful guy. And um, 
Van, at the end of their, their brief conversation about the playing and music and all those things, Van Clyburn said, um, when was the last time you were here at Ravinia? And, and Michelle and Barack looked at each other and they said, I guess, I guess we were here for a Ramsey Lewis concert. And Van Clyburn looked at them and I was standing there, you know, just the gatekeeper. And he said, Ramsey Lewis plays here. <laughs> and I said, yeah, he's been the artistic director of jazz for decades and, of course, a Chicago legend. And Ben Clyburn looks at me and he goes, I know who he is. I know he's a Chicago legend. He's a worldwide legend. He said, I can't believe I've been on the same stage as Ramsey Lewis. Well, the Obamas left walking on air, as did I. It was such a spontaneous, marvelous thing. And the reason I bring this up is that Ramsey saying that he's not Tatum, that he's not Horowitz. Well, no one's Tatum and no one's Horowitz. You know what? No, no one's, one's Ramsey no one's either. Ramsey. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Bobby? Did he ever talk to you about his influences in music? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So um, it, it wasn't long ago, maybe a few weeks ago, we were sitting in his living room and listening to Art Tatum. And he told me a story about when he first heard Art Tatum. My grandfather put on an album in their living room. He was a kid. And granddad told him, listen to this guy. And dad said, isn't that two people playing? <laughs> and <laughs> grandfather said, no, that's just one person playing the piano. And he, so we, we were listening to Art Tatum play Cherokee um, um, at dad's house. And he just, I mean, his hands were in the air and he was just in awe, even, even now of, of, of Art Tatum. Um, and, and, uh, you know, he, he was just such a student um, and, and a master, right? Um, he, he, he loved uh, music and the piano um, and Tatum, Oscar Peterson, even Nat Cole. Um, yeah. He, he, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. What else? Um, especially Nat Cole, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, let me not underplay that, especially Nat Cole. That musicality, yeah. right? And Nancy Wilson and her oh, improv, yes. right? Nancy Fran was a huge influence on 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 Ramsey and how he would yeah. think about sound and 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 song and melody and phrasing, right? Yeah, yeah. Bobby, I went to Ravinia in June for what I thought would be a performance headlined by Ramsey Lewis. Instead, they announced to everyone's huge disappointment that Ramsey would not appear. Kurt Elling carried on for him that night. So did you, Bobby. They played a vid video of your dad looking very frail. And I turned to my friend and said, we were never going to see him again. You must have known then that time was running short. Yes. Um, dad, like I said, um, uh, he was very real and he doesn't have a fake bone in his body. And he was letting us know um, that um, time was coming near. Um, and it was, um, it, it, it was, it, it's just his way, but he was always peaceful about it. it. You know, dad and I would always talk about the power of the universe and our place in the universe and our comparison of ourselves to the universe um, and his, his calmness about that. Um, it, it was just incredible. Um, and, and I thank Ravinia for, for giving us that moment because um, for him, me playing on that stage um, and, and, and being able to sing gospel, which was, you know, one of the founding founding um you know influences in his life um 
it was just a, a wonderful moment for, for Ravinia, for myself and our family and for my father. But yes, friend, he, um, he knew then that um, time was coming. And how is your mom doing? She's strong. Um, you know, dad, dad gave us a gift um, of just love. Um, he, he thought about us every day, you know, um, even on, on, on Sunday, um, the day before he passed, he, he looked up at my mom and, uh, and uh, told her he loved her and gave her a kiss. He asked about my kids and asked them where they going to Sunday school, <laughs> you know, um, and, excuse me. I, That's okay. It's okay. It, it is, it is that gift of a man that sacrifices himself knowing that the end is near. That is a great gift. It's beyond, it's, it's beyond the music. And, 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 and I think that's what we all feel in his music. That there's just something there more than just the piano. Wells, how will and should Ramsey Lewis be remembered? Uh, well, may I just first say that there are some angels dancing like crazy in heaven now that he's up there to play. <laughs> Think of the music up there. Think wow. Of the music up there right now. Can you imagine? <laughs> Makes you want to go, you know? Um, yes. Uh, Go home, right? Um, I think I, you know, these. I, I was going to say first and foremost, but these are all equal things in my mind. And, and Bobby, please jump in with whatever I miss. So, of course, the playing and and the collaborative playing, right? So it's the trio. It is Nancy Wilson. It is Oscar and Herbie and and um, Marion and 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 Dave and all of that. Um, it is the teaching the giving back and the generosity around that and the authenticity and sincerity and integrity of that, right? Not mm -hmm. a faux thing, not, oh, this is what I should be doing now because I can't play anymore. It's, I have this gift. I've been given this gift by God. It is my, it is my duty. Mm -hmm. It is my responsibility to pass it on. And mm -hmm. as a father and a father to, to Bobby and a husband to Jan and, and the whole extended Lewis family, but all of us, a father to Chicago, you know, think of that voice on radio. Think of all the people right. introduced to jazz on radio with that husky, smoky, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wish I could do it. I can't do it. Um, but, you know, it's just the <laughs> most, it's, 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 it's like, it's like Burl Ives meets Darth Vader, right? It's this <laughs> incredible, gravelly, sexy. You could always see the smile, right? You could always see yeah. the smile. And he had a great sense of humor that was never mean about anybody. Yeah. Um, it would skirt on it. It would get a little close, but, but he'd never actually go there. So I hope, yeah. I don't know. Bobby, what about you? How will your dad and how should he be remembered? I, I think Wells summed, um, summed it up so well. Um, and, and I'll say that um, he, he, he did everything with purpose too. Um, it, there was always thought to what he did. And it, you remind me, Wells, of WNUA. He just didn't want to be another DJ. He wanted to teach people about jazz. 
wanted, right? (laughs) Yep. Yep. There there was a purpose to being on the radio. And if, if he, if, if there wasn't a purpose, um, he didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, right. (laughs) He also knew if I could say, you know, he got, there was a little bit of pushback on the smooth jazz part. Right. Right. And he would say to me, you know, I'm going to use any vehicle I can to get Mm -hmm. people to Tatum, to get people to, Mm -hmm. to get people to Miles Davis. I'm going to use anything I can to make that happen. And if that's one of the avenues that will allow me to talk, about these legendary artists. And I would say, yeah, like yourself. And, um, and, and then, then I'm going to use it. Why not? Why not? Yes. And what of and, the state of jazz? Is it in good hands now? Is there anybody else who could possibly come yeah. in and take his place in some kind of way? Bobby? Well, look, look, Winton's doing, <laughs> Winton's doing amazing work. Yeah. There's no question. And he has been for decades, as is Brantford, as are a lot of other players. I think that programs like Ravinia's, um jazz program, Linda Mayano, the, the bass player, I think guys like John Patitucci and, you know, the legendary Wayne Shorter. And, you know, there, there are amazing musicians out there doing great music. Um, yes. But with, with the, with, with radio and recording not being what it was when I was growing up with jazz in the 60s and 70s, right? It just isn't. And it isn't for classical either. That's a challenge. It's a big challenge. Um, Bobby, what about you? Is it in good hands, the state of jazz right now? Yes. yes. Um, the, the names that Wells mentioned, uh, Robert Glasper is another yeah. one that, um, yeah. right? Um, and, and, and as long as there's a revenge around. Yeah. You, man. Oh, don't get me started, bro. That, uh, you know, it, it's, as long as there are places to perform and that allow uh, right. musicians to express themselves, um, jazz will be around forever. And, um, and, 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 and we'll, we'll, we, that's the legacy, right? That's what we're right. fighting for. Right. Hey, let me just jump in. So I'm living in Tucson now, the hundred year old, beautiful Hotel Congress, an iconic building in Tucson. They opened a jazz club, a jazz club in January. It is packed every night. Now it seats a hundred people. So it's sort of blue note like, you know, it's that New York kind of feel what Chicago used to have a lot of right jazz showcase and things like that. It's packed all the time with young performers, no stars, no big glitzy names, hundred people, you can't do that, right? Yeah. So, so, so friend, that's not exactly an answer to your question, but it gives one hope. And, and at yeah. the end of the day, Bobby, you gotta have great players. And we are, we are yeah. suffused with great players, right? Great players, singers, yeah. everything. Yeah. Bobby Lewis, and, thank and you me, so much. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I, I was just gonna add to that piece. I was in Florida and so during the pandemic, um, Dad was doing his Sunday salon uh, and and proceeds from the Sunday salon out of his living room. He was doing sun, Saturday, a Saturday afternoon concerts. Uh, proceeds were going to the Jazz Foundation to help uh, jazz musicians during the pandemic. During that time, I was in Florida and they had a jazz uh, club, as you would men- were mentioning, Wells. Um, and it was open because of the Jazz Foundation, because of that contribution. Um, and so that was one of the things that dad asked for in his passing to contribute to the jazz foundation, because that helps to keep jazz alive. Um, Bobby Lewis, thank you so much for sharing your dad with us all these many years. 
and sharing your memories of him today. Wells Kaufman, thank you so much for adding your insight. What a treasure it's been. What a treasure he was. And we will see you all next week. Thank you, friend. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you, Wells. Thank you, friend. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.